Hello, I'm Hilda Ochoa, Director of the Mission Office of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, here to talk about World Mission Sunday, a day when all Catholics worldwide will come together during the Eucharist in prayer and offerings through the second collection for the support of over 1,000 mission territories. You might ask yourself, where are these mission territories? Well, these are places in the world where the church is not able to stand on its own because of poverty or violence. So throughout the, through the support of the Society for the Propagation of the Faith, one of four pontifical mission societies which the mission office represents at the diocesan level, that these dioceses in need are able to evangelize, you know, bringing the world, the word of God, to build churches, to support seminarians and catechists, uh, to uh, create orphanages, and to care for the elderly and the sick. World Mission Sunday is a global effort to make sure that the missionary work can continue where it is most needed, both spiritually and financially. It is a unique opportunity when each one of us can play a vital role in doing this job. World Mission Sunday will be celebrated this year on Sunday, October 23rd, with the theme, You Shall Be My Witnesses. It is important to remember that the Church in the United States, out of the generosity of French Catholics, donated to the Diocese of Louisiana, of which our own Archdiocese was a part of, and received aid from the Society for the Propagation of the Faith to support our own beginnings. Fast forward to 2022, and now the United States is a strong financial supporter of this society. Also, this year marks the 200th anniversary of the founding of the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. We remember our foundress, a young French laywoman, Pauline Jaricot, who began this society by gathering the workers at her father's silk factory to pray once a week and donate the equivalent of one penny. This simple practice propagated through Europe and the entire world, and it marked the beginning of the Society for the Propagation of the Faith. Pope Francis issues a beautiful message every year for World Mission Sunday. I'm just going to read a phrase from it so you can uh, get a taste of it and perhaps uh, Google it and read the entire message. He writes, Every Christian is called to be a missionary and witness to Christ. And the church, the community of Christ's disciples, has no other mission than that of bringing the gospel to the entire world by bearing witness to Christ. To evangelize is the very identity of the church. So today we have with us a special person, Father Aloysius. He is a missionary priest from the Missionaries of St. Paul who will speak to us a little bit about his life as a missionary. Hello, Father Aloysius, and welcome. Could, we, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you very much. I am Father Aloysius Nzekwe, MSP, and I belong to a religious community, the Missionary Society of St. Paul, of Nigeria. 
The Missionary Society of St. Paul of Nigeria is the first indigenous missionary society founded by an African, uh, originally uh, with the intention of providing for the need of the local church, but eventually expanded uh, its mission areas beyond the boundaries of Nigeria to other African nations and other parts of the world. Uh, the founder, late Dominic Cardinal Ekandem, had the intention of providing for the local need of the clergy uh, in Nigeria. But today we are in 11 countries in Africa. Uh, we are in four countries in Europe, uh, which includes Ireland, Italy, Sweden, United Kingdom. And um, here also in the United States, we are in 16 uh, dioceses, including uh, the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, as well as in Canada and uh, in the Caribbean islands. And um, I was inspired by the works of the missionaries of St. Paul uh, growing up and generally by missionaries. And so after my high school, I applied uh, to join the missionaries of St. Paul and um, I was accepted and I began my formation program in the Formation House of the Missionary Society of St. Paul. Two years of initial spiritual formation and eventually I was in the National Missionary Seminary of St. Paul, which belongs to the Missionary Society of St. Paul, where I did my philosophy and studies in theology. And I was ordained in 2004. Um, after my ordination, I was assigned an initial assignment to a parish in the northern part of Nigeria. It was a very wonderful experience, you know, having that raw energy. I find myself in a very diverse community and um, it was as challenging as it was enriching uh, being in the midst of uh, different tribes and uh, different cultural experiences with a lot of its enrichments and the challenges. I was a uh, wonderful one year. And then I was assigned to the administrative headquarters of the Missionary Society of St. Paul. And I was administrative assistant for three years. Then I was assigned to the United States to work in the mission office. I ended up in the mission office in 2008 and worked, worked there from 2008 to 2012. And I was assigned to a parish in the Diocese of Austin. Uh, St. Stephen's Parish in Salado, Texas was there for three years and was appointed the director of the Mission Development Office of the Missionary Society of St. Paul. And uh, here I am uh, again uh, back in Houston as a director of the Mission Development Office of the Missionary Society of St. Paul and have been there now for seven years. Wonderful. Uh, you need to know that um, Father Aloysius is ending his assignment here in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, and we're very sorry to see him leave. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back for, you know, a third time <laughs> and join us again. He has been a strong collaborator with the mission office, uh, 
with mission appeals uh, through our missionary cooperative plan. So we are very, very grateful to him. And we, as I mentioned, very, very sorry to see him leave. So, Father, tell us, you already mentioned, you know, who inspired you to serve, yes, uh, in the Catholic Church as a missionary priest, but could you give us an example of a sign of faith alive in the people of Nigeria? I will say, um, actually got my inspiration uh, uh, from um, the community I grew up uh, in the first place. Uh, there is a very enabling environment in the Nigerian church uh, that kind of uh, nurtures and uh, nourishes the faith. And um, I grew up in such an environment where the faith was very much alive and active. So right from a very tender age, I was beginning to think about the great men and women uh, of our faith, the saints. And I was thinking about the missionaries that uh, came from Ireland uh, mm. to evangelize mm -hmm. our people and the sacrifices they made and uh, how they entered into very interior villages and uh, empowered the people through their work. So those were already within me as I grew up. And I remember as a kid, because we always go to church every Sunday, I remember hearing this gospel, uh, the harvest is rich and the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. And uh, I contemplated that from the first time I heard that and the priest preached about that in the church. And it stays with me. And each year I hear that gospel and I keep asking myself, why is it that the harvest is always rich and the laborers remain few? All these men, why is it they don't want to go to this business? You know, as a kid, I kept thinking uh, in that way. Nobody wants to answer Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. So... That's how initially I started having that fire burn within me. And uh, it continued until my high school days. Uh, when I was in high school, we had a, an Irish missionary who visited our school. It was a Catholic school and we had mass every Sunday. So he came on a mission um, uh, visit. And he came on behalf of the Missionary Society of St. Paul because the missionaries of St. Paul at the time were being helped uh, by the St. Patrick's Fathers, the Irish missionaries, to kind of form and uh, uh, be able to stand on their own. So he came doing mission appeals on their behalf. And he spoke about the missionaries of St. Paul. From the moment he started telling the stories of the missions, I was so engrossed in his message. My heart was burning within me, you know, like the apostles to, on the journey to the Emmaus will say. I was having that sensation going on within me as he spoke about how the missionaries are able to touch the lives of the people in various mission uh, countries in Africa where the missionaries of St. Paul's were. And it kind of connected with my own experience seeing what the missionaries did in my own village. And so after mass, I went to him. I said, Father, do you have more information about this missionary group? And so he handed me over uh, brochures and the mission magazines. And the more I read those mission magazines, the more I felt drawn to be part of that story. So that's how uh, that desire became stronger. And after my high school, eventually I enrolled, I, I applied and uh, got accepted as to begin my formation with the Missionary Society of St. Paul. And frankly speaking, it has been a very wonder, uh, wonderful adventure uh, with the Lord being on this journey. My 18 years of missionary priesthood had taken me to various mission land 
where I have witnessed firsthand the power of the gospel changing lives uh, in the various mission fields. You know, Jesus was here among us physically and he left, but he hasn't actually left because he continues among us today in the hearts of his followers. Jesus has left us his spirit and he has shared that mission with us. And we, as the followers of Christ, we have inherited that mission and we are his hands, his feet and his heart in our world today. And from one mission land to the other that I have visited as a result of my job as a director of mission development, I continue to see the same liberation that happened in the lives of the people who witnessed Jesus while he was physically here present continue to happen throughout the various mission uh, areas as a result of the church's missionary activities. Just think of the the blind that came to Jesus. Think of those lepers that were cleansed. Think of the people who were hungry. Think of those who were possessed by demons. Each and every one of them that encountered Jesus when, when he was here uh, physically uh, with us, they experienced that liberation, that transformation, that empowerment that the Lord alone could give. And that has continues uh, throughout the world through the church's missionary activities. As I visit these mission territories, we see the same transformation happen as a result of the gospel being preached. People are set free from all kinds of cultural uh, oppression. People are liberated as a result of educational empowerment that are taking place, as a, a result of the human developmental projects that are taking place in a lot of the rural communities where the missionaries are present. So today, uh, we as missionaries in our own time continue this great work. And that's what I have experienced throughout my uh, years as a missionary priest. And so as we celebrate in a mission Sunday, uh, it's a very special moment uh, for me. And not just only as an individual, but even all of us as missionaries of St. Paul, Mission Sunday is a unique moment for us because we were founded on Mission Sunday in 1977. Beautiful. And coincidentally, uh, this year, the Mission Sunday falls on October 23. We were founded on October 23, 1977, Mission Sunday. So wow. <laughs> it's a very uh, beautiful moment uh, for us. Uh, and in a special way, uh, in my own job as a co uh, coordinator of our fundraising efforts in this country, being able to visit different parishes has given me that opportunity to be able to share the wealth of the mission experience in these various mission lands with the people in this part of the world, the people in the American society. And at the same time, to be able to connect the people here with the people out there uh, in various mission fields. So uh, the missionary work of the church continues and um, it has been a very enriching experience for me. Um, okay, so now, Father, uh, would you like to uh, give us an example of a sign of faith alive in the people of Nigeria? Yes, like I shared a little bit, uh, um, there is so much uh, mm -hmm. about the Nigerian church that is very enriching uh, to the people and has created, you know, uh, in conducive atmosphere for the growth and the uh, um, the bloom of the faith in the Nigerian society. 
I will say the Nigerian society is a society that um, uh, loves fraternity. And the church has provided a lot of opportunity for different kinds of devotions and fraternities. You have the Legion of Mary. You have adoration to the Blessed uh, Sacrament that is happening almost in every parish across the country. And then you have what they call the Block Rosary Movement. is a rosary fraternity that uh, was founded on the apparition of our Blessed Mother Mary in Fatima. And I remember as a kid, that was the foundation of my own faith because every evening, right from uh, when you could leave your mother, you know, as a baby, you are carried at the back of your elder siblings and then you are taken to this uh, prayer group every evening, uh, even though you don't know what's going on, but you are there. And then gradually you begin to learn. As you learn to speak, you learn to speak the language of faith as well. You learn to pray like other kids. And I remember as a kid, we struggled to be who will lead the rosary. So we learned the prayers and we we had we developed a curiosity to know about uh, the great men and women of faith, to learn about uh, the heavenly figures, to learn about our blessed Mother Mary, the stories of our faith, and all the things that Jesus did. So it kind of began. These uh, opportunities nurtured the faith that were. Uh, handed on to us by our parents. So that's one thing you find in the Nigerian society uh, that is very, very enriching to the Christian faith. And um, you realize that uh, uh, with all the struggles that people go through in the country, uh, faith becomes one great opportunity that helps the people to stand firm. Uh, it provides hope. Uh, because they know that no matter how difficult it is, no matter how dark the night will be, there will always be that morning, there will always be the sunrise. God is always there and God never forgets them. And so you find people who will go to church, spend time before the Blessed Sacrament and just empty themselves, pour out their hearts and they go home refreshed and strengthened. So uh, that's one uh, thing I found very rich about the faith in Nigeria. Strong devotions everywhere. Thank you. And lastly, Father, can you give us an idea of the challenges that are faced by the church in your homeland right now? Yes, Nigeria as it is right now is a very tough place uh, for so many reasons. Nigeria is a country that is richly blessed uh, with um uh, natural resources like the petroleum, but uh, to some uh, extent, somehow uh, these uh, blessings have also become like a curse to the people as a result of corruption and bad leadership, where leaders are scrambling to loot as much as they could from uh, the resources the people are rendered poor. And so, if you go to a lot of rural communities, the basic amenities are lacking. In addition to uh, the fact that um, people don't have uh, the basic things uh, of life like good roads, uh, transportation system, hospitals, uh, no electricity, no clean water. In addition to all of that, uh, eco the economy is so is so harsh on the people in the sense that, you know, when the economy of the country is bad, it trickles down and it hits hard on the people with very low income. Young people, when they finish school, they don't have that opportunity to find any job anywhere. And so it leads to so much of so many insecurities within the system. People try to do whatever they can to survive. And so 
crime and, and other vices are on the increase. We also have uh, religious tension uh, because we have a lot of Muslim uh, brothers in the country and um, uh, we have extremist groups in Nigeria. Um, some of you would have heard about the Boko Haram group and there are so many other groups that are currently operating within the system. And so it creates so much insecurity. Uh, people are afraid of just moving about and doing their normal business because they don't know what will happen to them at any time. And so that's a difficulty uh, that the faith in Nigeria had to deal with. And then uh, the priests have to, you know, anywhere you are, be able to provide comfort, be able to provide hope, inspiration, and support for the people, despite what they experience on their daily basis. And that's where uh, the mission of the church becomes really very crucial in the sense that, you know, uh, sometimes we don't realize that as a church, as a universal church, we have huge impact. You know, we may celebrate Mission Sunday here in, in this U.S. and we'll just maybe do a Sunday collection, but we may not realize that uh, that our celebration goes beyond us gathering in the church and just praying and celebrating Mass and giving uh, some bit of offering here and there. It goes beyond that it reaches to other parts of the world because eventually this help gets together at the Universal Church is sent to these areas to help the priests who find themselves in these situations to be able to continue to provide the support that they give to the people. Uh, a lot of the parishes and churches in Nigeria still receive help uh, from the propagation of faith. And this helps this priest to be able to get into the interior villages. The priests are basically like almost everything for the people. They come to them when they're sick. Uh, they call them for all kinds of problems. And with all this help and support, the priests are able to continue to encourage, inspire, and empower the people in these situations. Yes, Father. <clears throat> you are... I mean, your, your beautiful words really touch all of us because that is the current situation. And not only in Nigeria, we can also see it in other countries. And so we see also the benefits of the uh, aid that the Society for the Propagation of the Faith uh, provides to the many, many needy dioceses around the world. I do have uh, some information here about uh, the subsidies that some of the dioceses in Nigeria receive from the propagation of the faith. For example, the Diocese of Abba uh, received a subsidy for the Annunciation Minor Seminary. We also have the Diocese of Ahiara, where uh, they uh, were the beneficiaries of some equipment for their communication needs. In the um, Diocese of Auchi, uh, there was the, the building of four classrooms at St. John the Baptist School. And the Diocese of Aqua also received scholarships for um, their remote uh, students in their remote area. So I want to thank you, Father Aloysius, for joining us today, for your beautiful words, which help us gain a, a better understanding, a great understanding of the heart of a missionary. And um, so I hopefully, and also the church's mission work. We want to thank you also to all. Thanks for to all who are hearing this podcast. 
We hope that you will join us in generous response on World Mission Sunday, October 23rd at your parish. And for more information, you can also go to www.archgh.org slash missions.